Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad you're tuning in today. We're going to have such a great show. Today's June 30th, 2021. I have back with us John Vespasian, and he's been on our show many, many times over the past seven years. And he's an uh, author. He's authored a great many uh, titles. And... He will be talking to us today about the principles in, in uh, history on how they dealt with difficult times. Welcome, John. Hi, Denise. Uh, many thanks uh, for having me on. Absolutely. Well, why don't we get right in, into your subject matter. The uh, floor is yours. Uh, yes, uh, before we go into the re- practical recommendations, I would like to warn people about uh, what doesn't work. And in this, in this period uh, where millions of people are going through very difficult uh, situations due to uh, restrictions, uh, travel, business, etc., I have to say that um, we have to be careful about uh, being cheerful or being positive uh, in the face of problems is there is no reason to be positive. I think uh, the, the best strategy is to develop motivation, to develop uh, optimism based on, on solid strategies. Uh, don't fool yourself uh, by trying to, um, to be artificially positive, artificially cheerful if you don't have a plan. And this is what I want to discuss today. Uh, going through different uh, examples from history, how to develop a solid plan, how to actually motivate yourself uh, to get uh, out of a difficult situation without um, uh, trying to cheat, without trying to appear uh, what you are not. And this is why I think uh, optimism, uh, enthusiastic uh, attitudes should be based on a solid plan, on solid examples Otherwise, um, you might be doing yourself a great uh, disservice. Okay. Well, go ahead and get right into it. Okay. One one of the um, problems that uh, is is blocking people and uh, basically keep it, keep them spinning around and, and suffering from uh, from the restrictions we have today is that. Um, they want to go back exactly uh, to the same situation they had before. And if you have uh, uh-huh. a, a business, 
that uh, was running on, on a certain context, on a certain uh, um, type of customers, a certain structure, and you find yourself facing restrictions, um, it's very um, tempting uh, to long uh, to go back to the same situation exactly like, I don't know, two, two years ago, one and a half years ago. But um, you might be delaying uh, your recovery uh, by not exploring other avenues, because um, uh, the situation we have today, I mean, in, in different countries, we have different constraints, but uh, has really pushed people either uh, to total despair by say, I give up, I mean, my life has been destroyed, my health uh, has been destroyed, I lost uh, members of my family, whatever, or otherwise uh, it, has, it has pushed them uh, to explore different avenues. And this is, I think this is the right way to do it. And you see in history, people uh, in different centuries, they have gone through very uh, severe crises or revolutions, uh, all kinds of problems, restrictions, uh, uh, famines, uh, um, pestilence. And the people who have them uh, better, uh, uh, radically better, are those who have really faced the problems and say, look, uh, this is really not what I want. This is not uh, the kind of constraints I want to um, I want to face. But uh, being the situation, being what it is, how can I explore different avenues and, and find a way to recover uh, my business, my health, uh, my relationships, whatever? And this is this is what we can see. Uh, we can go through different examples today how to do that. But uh, you have to to break the mental blockage of uh, hanging on the past that maybe will never come back. Huh? Okay. That makes sense. And so okay. uh, one, in history... One of the, yeah, one of the best strategies uh, that has proven uh, very, very effective uh, in history when you're dealing with, um, uh, with serious problems uh, is to really discover your strengths and try to deploy them in a way that uh, they become the most effective. Um, if you can do, I mean, whatever your skills, huh? whether you can uh, build something or you can get good with words or you're good at sales or whatever, uh, you have to find a way to use the skills in the context as it is and not try to, uh, to imagine uh, a context that is different from what is today. And this has happened in history a million times when you see people with really uh, relatively poor uh, chances of, of winning, like uh, for instance, in ancient Rome, you have to realize, for instance, uh, there were a lot of wars, and very often people with uh, fewer soldiers and fewer uh, resources like um, uh, Hannibal uh, very, very regularly defeated uh, larger armies just because they deploy their resources in a most effective way. So you have to do the same. If you, if you know what to do uh, in terms of uh, your professional development in terms of uh, the kind of people you want to be around, uh, if you cannot find uh, those uh, opportunities where you live, uh, you have to find a, a way, you have to find a place where you can develop, where you can grow and you can cultivate uh, your, your assets. Uh, and I have seen in the last uh, year uh, many of my friends, acquaintances, uh, people actually change their lives uh, pretty radically because they have the skills, they have the, the assets, and they have the possibilities. But uh, they found themselves 
blocked uh, in a certain manner where they live or in the, in the, in the company they work for or in the, in the area. And they just uh, found another uh, location or another uh, area where they could actually put uh, those skills to work. And this is a great um, uh, strategy. It requires a lot of flexibility because you have to look at yourself from outside and try to analyze uh, how you can apply skills you already have. But it works fantastically. It works fantastically well, and it has uh, really allowed many people to rebuild uh, their business and their lives uh, very successfully. Oh, that's that's great news. Another um, strategy I really want to uh, to mention is that you have to really focus on super practical strategies. When you're facing um, uh, a crisis, whether it's in your health or uh, in business or in, in terms of your relationships, uh, there is normally not a lot of time uh, for reflection or for uh, building new skills or for uh, rebuilding your assets. Uh, you have to find uh, solutions that are relatively um, uh, short-term and allow you to improve, even if you improve little by little, that you see uh, a tangible improvement. Um, there is a famous okay. novel I like, um, I like very much from the, from the 19th century by uh, an English author, uh, Thomas Hardy. They made a couple of movies about uh, this, um, this novel. It's, it's called uh, Jude the Obscure. And it's a story about uh, a man who was uh, very talented and he was very frustrated because he could not uh, get ahead in society because he was facing all kind of uh, problems. And the problem with this person, uh, this uh, fictional character, is that uh, instead of uh, focusing on, on practical solutions, uh, he has spent uh, almost all his time uh, trying to pursue a, a, a university degree that was uh, pretty much worthless because he wanted to specialize, he wanted to learn uh, ancient Greek. And eventually the hero of this novel uh, wasted many years trying to find some kind of uh, social recognition, but uh, basically the, it was just a dream. It was completely useless what he was doing. And I think um, uh, when you're facing any kind of problem, you have to really be very practical. You have to stop uh, trying to uh, impress people because some, many people, when they find uh, themselves uh, um, suffering from some kind of uh, setback, they feel ashamed. And sometimes they focus uh, too much on their shame. They focus too much on their uh, reputation instead of trying to find practical solutions. And uh, it's not uh, a good idea to work like this because it, you, you spend your energies on uh, trying to impress other people and trying to, I say, to, to hide your problems from the world instead of trying to uh, to recover your uh, your strength or recover your uh, your position and the, i have seen this many many times people uh, getting fired uh, from companies because the company was not doing well so they have to let uh, let people go and they spend so much energy so much energy so many hours of useless uh, really trying to to pretend that uh, everything was uh, was going well and that uh, it was really nothing, while in in reality uh, they were going through a very difficult period. And uh, spending your energies 
trying to pretend uh, that uh, everything is fine when it's not, it's just a waste of time. Try to find yes. uh, practical solutions so that uh, you can start to feel the improvement uh, very quickly. And even if people uh, don't think uh, highly of you, what do you care? Uh, your main focus should be on finding practical solutions. Okay. So that really goes back to your skill sets, right? Yeah, the skill sets and also the attitudes. Because um, uh, we live in a world where uh, there, is, uh, there is so much uh, pressure uh, to appear uh, successful, uh, cheerful, uh, enthusiastic, that um, I, 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 I find that uh, many people spend too much energies on that, on, on basically on the appearance, and not sufficient uh, thinking and not sufficient energies on the tangible results. Uh, when they find themselves uh, facing uh, severe problems with their health or with their business or with their profession, um, they don't have the, the mental attitude uh, to be very practical, to be very focused, because they care too much uh, to an extent that uh, is driving their whole lives. They, they care too much um, for the opinion of their neighbors or their uh, friends or their acquaintances of their family. Uh, they care so much that they are uh, feeling paralyzed, they are not uh, taking the practical action, that uh, in history we see that this is the only thing that can really improve your life. Uh, to trying to pretend that uh, you have no problems, everything is fine, when your life is, uh, is going uh, in a through difficult period, I think it's one of the very worst uh, strategies uh, you can adopt. Yeah. Well, you know, we know that you've written many, many books uh, and taken us through different centuries of, of individuals that faced hardship and turned their lives around and became rather famous. Why don't you give us an example? Yes, one of the, the great examples I, I like from history is from the 17th century. Uh, and this was uh, a very successful uh, investor, and it was a, um, a, one of the ministers of uh, King Philip II. And he was building, uh, for many years, he was building a, a very successful career. Uh, he was one of the favorites of the king. At that, at that time, Spain was an empire. And at a certain point, uh, he uh, encountered uh, problems with the king because they, they had some discussions. Uh, the king, Philip II, started uh, to withdraw uh, responsibilities from uh, the, his, the name of the person I'm talking about is Antonio Perez. And at a certain point, Antonio Perez was as his career was going to be destroyed. He was uh, being the object of, uh, of uh, malicious uh, rumors. And what he did at that point was basically to quit totally and completely. He, uh, he left uh, the country. It was really a very large country at the time. He left uh, during the night. He took uh, some of the, his assets, uh, what he could carry with, uh, with him and, and his family. And basically he left and he rebuilt, uh, eventually he rebuilt a new life completely uh, hundreds of kilometers away. And eventually he, uh, he escaped uh, to France. And in France, he built a new career from scratch. 
And this is something that, uh, this, I mean, just talking about one example, but in history, when you look at uh, biographies of, uh, of uh, people who have gone through uh, difficulties, you see this pattern of uh, actually quitting uh, something that is not working. And this is very difficult to do, to, to realize. Maybe you have invested uh, uh, 20 years of your career, like Antonio Perez uh -huh. invested almost 30 years of his career uh, building his uh, position in uh, in the uh, empire, and eventually he realized that uh, he has he had lost uh, the the confidence of the of the king in this case, and there was no way for him to to continue his career. So he eventually said, "Well, uh, then I will start from scratch somewhere else," because he had his skills. He was a very very intelligent, very sophisticated person. So eventually he he became. Uh, very successful in France after after a couple of years of transition, and this is a lesson that uh, people really have to learn. Uh, when you see that in your country, in your career, in your specific uh, location, in your specific uh, business, if there is no way to grow, to grow in the next uh, couple of months or couple of years, um, you might uh, need to face the the choice of just giving up and starting something else instead of uh, waiting and waiting and waiting for the situation to improve, if there is no sign of improvement, um, you might want to, uh, to consider other alternatives. Now, what, ha what happens um, if the individuals don't have any assets to start over? Well, this is a very uh, unlikely situation. It could happen. And what happens is that um, when people believe, oh, I don't know anything special, I'm just a worker, um, they are very unrealistic about uh, their skills. Because if you have, okay. you're in your 30s, in your 30s, your 40s, and you have been doing whatever, huh? even if you have been running a very a small business, you have been working on sales, on, on any kind of service, you are still ahead of uh, millions of people who lack the experience. It's just that uh, for you it's so, so uh, self-evident that uh, you have been doing this for 10 years and, and you assume that everybody else can do it and it is not the case. It's just that uh, you are so used to seeing yourself, I don't know, selling your products that you assume that everybody is able to do sales work and this is absolutely not true. It's just that uh, you are not looking at yourself from the outside. Okay. Did you ever run across anyone who just didn't know what it is they wanted to do, yet they somehow found their path and became very famous? Uh, yes, uh, actually, most people who um, uh, who start uh, a new career, uh, most of the time when they eventually become successful, they they do it through exploration. Uh, it is only a, a mirage; it's only a, a distortion. When we look at history and we see someone who's very successful and we get uh, the impression that everything was planned from the beginning, and this is uh, normally not the case. Uh, take, for instance, uh, one of the biographies I, I presented, one of my latest books, uh, is uh, Gauguin, who was a very famous painter uh, in the 19th century, and he was working as a stockbroker uh, for almost 10 years. He was a stockbroker in Paris. And eventually he changed his uh, his career. He wanted to become an artist, a painter, 
and everybody was telling him, oh, it's, you're crazy. Why do you want to leave your position? You are very well established uh, in Paris. You have a lot of uh, clients. And eventually what he did uh, was to find a way to live very inexpensively because he knew that it was very difficult uh, to make a living as an artist. So he moved um, to a very uh, low-cost uh, country. He moved to Polynesia, where he, and he could live uh, basically for, for peanuts because uh, the, the living cost was very, 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 very low. And he lived there, he painted, he produced a lot of paintings, and then he sold them in Paris. And even if his income was not uh, very high, he was able to make a, a good living and to live very happily. So don't assume that uh, you cannot do something else. Uh, I mean, in this particular case, uh, Gauguin had to develop uh, new skills. He had been already interested uh, in art uh, for about five years, but eventually he built a new career just because uh, he was willing uh, to move to a country where he could live uh, basically for uh, $10 per month. And he could be fairly sure that even if he sold only a few paintings here and there, he would be able to survive. And today... Uh, uh, how, do you, how, do you, how do you spell his name? Uh, Gauguin. It's, it's, uh, it's G-A-U-G-I-N. Gauguin. Okay. Okay. He was one of the. He was. Uh, he, they call his uh, his uh, style uh, primitivism. Um, he made very exotic paintings about uh, Polynesia, but uh, I mean he was not really a, a trained artist. And what you see his painting, he was not really a great uh, uh, at drawing, but he made very lively, very colorful paintings, and eventually he managed to sell. A sufficient uh, sufficient number of paintings in Paris um, through a, an agent because he had an agent uh, gallery in Paris and he made a relatively good living and he was very happy uh, in the last uh, his last years he was living in the in Polynesia he was super happy and oh, he made a right so that's it's, great. Uh, there are millions of people uh, who have done these transitions I mean the case I am presenting is very extreme because he went uh, from being a stockbroker to being a, an artist. But uh, to, a, to a, a similar extent, uh, there are many examples in history that people have made uh, such a transition. What is really missing for most people is the willingness uh, to relocate and to be able to change their habits so that they can live uh, less uh, expensively. There are places in the United States where you can live uh, for a very low, very, very low uh, cost of living, um, compared to California or to New York. Huh? Yes, yes, that's very true. Yeah, we get we get uh, stuck in our ways, don't we? Yeah, this is uh, this is true. Um, uh, let me just uh, present another principle. Another uh, pattern you find um, in people who do very well in in times of crisis is that uh, they adopt some kind of symbol. Uh, could be sometimes it's a silly uh, symbol because they make a picture and they put it on the fridge and say, oh, I want to become, I don't know, a restaurant owner, and they put the picture of the restaurant. Or sometimes it's more sophisticated because it could be some kind of, of, uh, of motto they adopt, could be some, time of, uh, some kind of uh, symbol, but uh, they have like uh, something to inspire them 
uh, in times of great uh, uh, disappointments. And this is something that uh, is, is super important because the human mind um, can be easily distracted if we don't have something to focus on. You don't have some kind of picture, some kind of uh, it could be a diagram with some some words, or could be some some uh, uh, painting, could be whatever, uh, could be uh, some some kind of decoration you have, whatever. But something that keeps your mind focused on the kind of uh, strategy you want to develop. And of course, the symbol should be positive, but um, some people uh, do the opposite. Huh? There was, uh, for instance, there was a very famous um, speaker in the in the 15th century uh, here in the Netherlands. His name was uh, John Brookman, and this was a, a, a traveling preacher. Uh, he used to carry a skull. Uh, he was traveling with um, with basically just a little bit of food and a skull, and then he would stop at the, at the village. And he would make uh, his, uh, his preaching and he would uh, point to the skull to remind people that uh, life on earth uh, was limited and one day they will die and they will go to, uh, to the final judgment and all this kind of stuff. And it was very, very impressive because uh, people would uh, congregate around him and they would focus on the skull, on the symbol that would remind them that uh, they were going to die one day and they should really uh, take advantage of uh, the days they had. And this, in, the, in this particular case, it was a, a negative symbol because it was like a threat uh, reminding uh-huh. you that uh, your life is limited. But you can adopt any kind of symbol, even if you adopt uh, something to remind you that uh, your time is limited and you have to take action uh, this is a very good way to focus your mind every day. You don't have to work to, to really uh, make an effort because you go to your kitchen and you see this picture on the fridge or you see this uh, symbol and then you are immediately uh, uplifted, immediately motivated uh, to follow the course of action that uh, you need to follow. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and especially during these times. Yeah, I don't think that many people will be uh, very motivated by uh, by putting a skull on their kitchen. But uh, whatever symbol no, you not adopt, a <laughs> most, <laughs> most people uh, do something, I think, more practical. They would put a, a picture of the right. kind of business they want to do or whatever. Or even if you are sick and you want to recover, you can put a picture of nature or your uh, dog or your cat, whatever, something to inspire you. But uh, I think it's a very good practice um, because otherwise your mind might uh, wander and it's very easy to become uh, distracted or become depressed when you are facing difficult situations. Okay. That's that's great. That's just great. You really learned a lot from that particular research, didn't you? Yeah. Another um, um, pattern I, I want to present is the habit of um, uh, building defenses. Uh, let me explain this because this is not uh, self-evident. Um, let me just give you an example from history. When the, the Roman Empire was crumbling and you have these uh, barbarians uh, invading 
basically Euro invading Germany and the north of Italy. Uh, there was an emperor, basically in the third century, uh, that uh, realized that uh, the situation was very, very serious, that uh, the whole civilization, the whole uh, Western civilization was about to collapse if he didn't do something. And what he did, uh, his name was uh, Aurelianus, uh, what he did was to build uh, fortresses. Uh, you can find them, they're still standing, many of them, fortresses in different uh, parts of Europe so that even if the barbarians, even if the problems, or even if the, the, invade, the invaders, even if the, they came uh, to the very uh, center of the empire, to, to Italy, they would still have to face a very strong resistance uh, through those uh, defenses. And Aurelianus built a network of defenses uh, through Europe. And thanks to his strategy, he was able to hold, I mean, the empire was able to hold for another uh, almost 10, 10 centuries. And I think you should do the same in your life when you're facing uh, uh, very difficult situations. You need to build uh, basic defenses uh, for your assets. And this, and, and I'm talking not about building uh, physical fortresses, I'm talking about building habits. Uh, habits uh, for protecting your health, for eating uh, healthily, uh, trying to eat uh, uh, good, simple food, uh, for trying to get sufficient sleep, uh, trying to remain uh, calm when you are facing problems. These kind of habits are, are very important uh, defenses uh, automatic defenses that you need to build uh, every day as a habit. Because otherwise, when you're facing a problem, and uh, you say, okay, I broke my leg, or uh, my car has been wasted, or whatever, uh, you might uh, bring your, your life, complete life, into total disarray uh, because you destroy your habits. Uh, some people get so upset uh, when they lose the job, or when they lose, I don't know, they become sick, they get so upset that uh, they destroy other areas of their life that are working perfectly well because they have not built uh, these defenses. So if you have a problem in some area and imagine that uh, you make a bad investment and you lose uh, your savings, you should uh, have uh, sufficiently solid habits to keep your life running in other areas, in your job or in your family relationship even if you have made a mistake in one particular area. It's very important to build these uh, defenses, these structures, so that you can isolate uh, the problem and do not let the problem destroy the whole uh, organism, destroy your whole life. And this is a very uh, important lesson from history. The civilizations and the people who actually remain operational and remain functional uh, in times of danger are those who have built uh, these kind of defenses because they make them very resilient. And even if one or two areas in your life uh, go down to pieces and you have to rebuild them, you still have all the rest working properly and they will protect you against uh, further disruption. Oh, I love that. Basic defensive. That's, that's really wonderful. You have such great advice. Uh, yeah, this is um, very difficult to do. It's something that uh, it takes years for people to, especially for young people, um, 
it's very difficult to adopt these uh, these habits because they require a lot of uh, uh, emotional energy. Uh, for instance, uh, a simple thing like eating healthily. I mean, you don't have to spend a lot of money to eat healthy. I mean, you can eat, uh, um, I don't know, with rice and potatoes, and you can learn to cook them very easily. It's re- relatively inexpensive, but uh, it's difficult to resist the temptation of eating fast food uh, every day, even if you know that uh, it's not healthy for you. It's so convenient and it's so inexpensive. And you say, oh, I have no time to cook. I have no time to, uh, to buy uh, the groceries. Uh, it's just so easy to buy every day uh, fast food. You have to really build these, uh, these uh, habits because when you fall uh-huh. sick and you realize, oh, I have, uh, I don't know, whatever, uh, hypertension, and I have this problem, uh, if you don't have the habit uh, of eating properly, it will be very difficult to to acquire this habit when you're already sick. And the same goes for, uh, I don't know, uh, for instance, your habits in spending money. If you have a tendency to spend uh, more money than you make or to, to, to go into debt to buy uh, consumer purchases, uh, and then you, you lose your job, uh, the problems are going to compound. It's much better to try to discipline yourself not to spend uh, uh, all the money you have to, to have some kind of savings. Even if it's uh, just a couple of hundred dollars per month, have some savings because uh, it will make your life more sustainable and it will make you much more resilient when you're facing any kind uh-huh. of problem. Huh. So are you are you working um, on a new book, or have you been re- restricted from being able to travel for your research? Yeah, I'm working on a new book. I hope my new book uh, will go out at the end of September. So it's okay. almost uh, ready. Uh, it will go into production, I think, in uh, end of July. And it oh, has good. been, uh, yeah, it's a bit annoying that uh, I have not been able to travel uh I have, I mean, fly because you can still drive, but uh, to able to fly in the last uh, almost a year now. But uh, I, I hope know. the situation goes back to normal uh, very soon. Um, I mean, if you live uh, in the States, uh, maybe you don't realize that uh, in Europe the countries are very small. And if you get uh, stuck in a small country, um, it's not so easy to move around. I mean, the United States is such a large country that uh, yeah. you can drive uh, for, for, I don't know, four days, and you can uh, uh-huh. easily move between the states. Reach the other side. But, uh, True. Yeah. But in Europe, um, I mean, uh, some people uh, have been basically stuck in their country for now for a year, and this has basically diminished uh, many opportunities. I have friends yeah. uh, doing consultancy, and basically they used to travel uh, 40, 50 weeks per year, um, basically, they have been stuck. Uh, basically, their, their business has been very much uh, undermined. And this is, this is really very annoying. But uh, I have to say that uh, personally, I have not been affected uh, so much. But uh, you're, you're right. I mean, many um, uh, initiatives and many projects have been put on hold uh, due to the restrictions. Huh. So what is going to be the title of your new book when it comes out in September? 
Uh, we still are discussing three titles, so I have not uh, really reached a decision. Okay. But uh, <laughs> it will be focus. We'll be focused on um, uh, precisely on people who who go through really catastrophic situations in history in different centuries. Some uh, uh-huh. of the examples are going to be from the 20th century and also from different centuries. But uh, I really want to show people how much you can do uh, when you apparently have no resources, no skills, uh, no contacts, uh, no money. So I want to really present examples that are really very inspiring to try to show the, the strategies that uh, you can adopt um, when uh, you're facing the difficult situations. Let me just mention one that, uh, before I forget, because this is also super important. Okay. One of the, one of the um, uh, recommendations that uh, I present in, the, in this next book is that uh, when you're facing problems, you have to realize at a certain point that there are things you cannot change. And this is a very ancient um, uh, philosophy, Stoicism. It comes, I think, uh, fifth, sixth century before Christ. But you have to adapt it uh, to the 21st century. And you have to say, look, I tried this, it doesn't work. I tried this, it doesn't work. So accept uh, the restrictions that you have for whatever reason, because sometimes it's just uh, the, the context you have. Sometimes it's you, are, you have not sufficient energies because many people realize at a certain point in their lives they would like to do a lot of things, but they have limited energies or limited uh, resources. doesn't matter. Accept uh, that uh, there are constraints because everybody has constraints in life. And this is not the reason uh, to become uh, passive. It's the reason to find alternatives to find uh, other areas whether you can actually do something and i know uh, personally i know people who have uh, they are in their 50s or they're in the 60s and they have uh, limited energies uh, because they are not super healthy or they are not super fit but still uh, what they do is to use those uh, in a way that uh, they make an impact and instead of trying to uh, to pursue uh, 20 different goals, maybe they do a one or two. They focus on those and say, look, I would like to travel. I would like to do this. I would like to do that. I would like to learn that. But you see, uh, I don't have so much energy uh, for whatever reason, so I'm going to do only one or two things. And this is something also for people today where you have so many choices and you have all these uh, uh, one million television channels and one million uh, books and one million uh, videos on YouTube. It's difficult to restrict yourself to only a couple of things. But uh, if you want to get things done, it's really the only way. I read uh, recently that in the ancient uh, library of Alexandria, and we're talking uh, now um, 25 centuries ago, they already had 700,000 uh, books in the sense of uh, what they called books at that time was basically a paper roll. They have 700,000 already, uh, 25 centuries ago. Wow. So there was no one able to read that. Today, we have uh, billions of uh, PDFs, yeah. uh, websites, uh, videos. So uh, nobody has the energy and the time to explore all of those. So eventually, you have to, to make a choice. Because if you don't make a choice and you spend uh, hours and hours jumping from one video on YouTube to the next video, trying to find something interesting to, to basically kill the time. 
uh, eventually you will spend your days uh, uh, in a daze. You will not get anything done and you will lose your motivation because you will get stuck. So this is why wherever your levels of energy uh, become a bit uh, uh, like the ancient uh, Stoics saying, look, I have this problem, I have these constraints, I'm going to accept them, and then I'm going to see what I can do with what I have. Even if you can only devote uh, one hour a day or two hours a day to your next project, use them productively, and you can get uh, a lot uh, done. Uh, so use your, your constraints, your stoicism, to accept uh, what cannot be easily changed and to find an outlet for your energies, for your talent uh, that is productive by using your time wisely. Yeah. Yeah. Use your time wisely. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add today? Yes. Uh, I would like just to mention um, one last uh, principle, um, which is the, the idea that uh, you have to be a winner uh, in every area of life. Uh, people have these pictures from the, from the movies, uh, where they see, okay, these uh, fictional characters that they have the perfect job, the perfect family, uh, the perfect uh, looks. Uh, they are all wealthy and uh, successful. And this is just fantasy. Uh, when you go to history and you look at uh, people who, who are very, very happy, very successful, uh, you realize that they are not balanced. Uh, very few people are going to have all these uh, mythical qualities of uh, perfect looks, perfect job, uh, perfect productivity, perfect uh, whatever. Um, this is not how life works. And you see uh -huh. uh, in history, you see many people who have uh, a very happy life uh, doing something they love because they have their business and they like, I don't know, to work with, uh, with wood and they become carpenters and they build furniture. And, and sometimes uh, they have uh, great uh, tragedies in their lives. I'm thinking now about a particular example. There is one uh, biography in, um, in one of my books uh, about a scientist. His name was André Marie Ampère, and he lived during the French Revolution. And this guy, uh, he had uh, massive tragedies. His father was uh, executed by the uh, Jacobin, by the uh, revolutionists. He was executed in the guillotine. They cut his head in the public oh. square. And this guy saw it uh, when he was uh, seven years old. So he saw the execution of his father. And then uh, he was uh, living in misery because uh, they confiscated uh, everything he had. So he was basically begging, uh, trying to get food. Eventually, he managed to get uh, um, a basic education. He eventually, he became a, a teacher in a school, and he didn't like it. And he became very little by little, he became a scientist. And then eventually, he became very famous. But then he got married, and his wife, his wife died also uh, two years later. So he became a widow, a widow. And uh, I have to tell you, eventually, he became very happy because he did just one thing that he liked. He liked to do uh, science experiments. Uh, he spent his life doing experiments and writing uh, scientific papers, and he was very happy, even if he didn't have this uh, uh, enormous uh, variety of uh, uh, looks, uh, success, Family. Uh, money, yeah. uh, 
see that uh, so don't get um, uh, fooled by this perfect uh, image from movies from hollywood from television because you don't need uh, perfection to be very happy uh, some people uh, they go through a lot of problems they have health issues they have uh, whatever and eventually they find an area uh, where they can become very happy, whether it's a hobby or it's uh, a, a profession or it's some kind of uh, uh, interest. Uh, you see they are highly motivated, uh, they are enthusiastic, uh, they are happy, they are truly happy, and they don't have to pursue uh, 20 different goals. Uh, I have seen in history many examples that uh, one person doing one thing for 20 years uh, and suffering all kinds of problems he just ignores the problems because he wants to do his thing and he does his thing and he becomes very happy. So this is, this is how actually uh, history works. And this is a, something demonstrated a million times. Uh, don't be fooled by the images from Hollywood because they are, this is not life. This is uh, fiction. <laughs> That's really good. Why don't you tell our listeners um, the titles of your books and where they can purchase them? Yeah, uh, the easiest way to find my books is to type uh, my name on the Google or any uh, search engine, John Vespasian, uh, and then you find all the books. They are in Amazon. They are in different outlets. So it's very easy to find. Uh, most of my books contain the, the titles contain the word rational. Uh, so there is one called the uh, principles of rational living, another one rational working, um, rationality is the key of happiness. So they, most of them contain this word rational because I'm trying to emphasize in my uh, books, the idea that uh, you have to take the time to think, to think for, the, for yourself, to plan the future, to adopt uh, good habits, uh, you need to really use your head more than your emotions. Emotions are very useful, but uh, they have to complement uh, a solid uh, reflection, a solid plan. And this is uh, when you will go and you see my books on uh, Amazon or in any uh, outlet uh, in internet and you, you can find the books very easily you will see that most of them contain the word uh, rational in the title oh, well you're a fabulous author you're so inspirational you give back so much to humanity through your work and your passion for your work and I thank you hugely for your time today I was so excited to hear what you had to say. Uh, many thanks, uh, Denise, for having me, and uh, I wish you a, a great week. You too. Bye-bye for now. Okay, bye. Bye. That wraps up our show for today. I encourage all my listeners to seek out his books. If you're looking for some inspiration and some answers, of why, what might help you in your life, go find John Vespasian's books. His last name is spelled V as in Victor, E as in Edward, S as in Sam, P as in Paul, A as in Apple, S as in Sam, I, A as in Apple, N as in Nancy. So until next week, please everyone be well. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. 
and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? <laughs>